Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. With me today is a special guest by the name of Gabrielle, who prefers to go by Gabby Rue. And you already know me, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp. But let me tell you a little bit more about my guest, because you are in for a treat. So Gabby is the founder of Holistic Philosophy and a certified nutritional practitioner who's passionate about helping women naturally reverse hormonal imbalances such as PCOS, PMS, and irregular periods. She is also an extroverted introvert, a coffee addict, and a dog lover. After dealing with hormonal issues herself for almost half of her life and continuously experiencing no relief from the medical system, she decided to take her health into her own hands and was able to achieve amazing results using holistic nutrition. It is now her mission to not let a single woman quietly suffer for years like she did. She was able to help herself and many other women who taught they exhausted all avenues. Her goal is to be the last practitioner you'll ever have to see. And today we're going to be focusing on women's health as the main pillar, but we're going to dive into hormonal balances, learn about PCOS, as well as PMS and PMDD, as well as some other questions that may arise. So you are in for a treat and let's welcome the woman behind it all, Gabby Rue. Hi everyone. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on Genesis. My pleasure, Gabby. And before we dive into your passion areas and your subject matter expertise, I want to give my audience a chance to connect with you in a fun and personal way. And there are two options you can choose from. We can do an icebreaker or a rapid fire 10 question game. What are you in the mood for? Hmm, let's do the rapid fire. Okie dokie. <laughs> We're playing rapid fire with Gabby and Genesis. Do, 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 do. Question number one. What is your favorite color? Black. Question two. I already know that you're a coffee addict. So do you have a particular coffee bean you like? Yes, um, I love dark roast. And in Canada, we have um, a brand called Kicking Horse. They're fair trade, organic, and it's just my favorite coffee that we have over here. Question three. Have you, al- have you always lived in Canada? Yes. Different um, provinces, but always Canada. What, what part of Canada do you reside in currently? Um, if what, currently I'm in Alberta, but if you can't tell by my accent, I'm French Canadian. From oh, <laughs> amazing. So I have family in Toronto and oh. I think it's Brampton or Brompton. I always say it wrong. Brampton. Brampton. Yeah, I used to live, I used to live in Toronto too. <laughs> Question four, are you a dream car, dream home or both? Warner. 
Hmm, that's a tough one. I'm gonna say both. Why not have it all, right? Yes, just like me. <laughs> Question five. What is your favorite food? Um, my favorite, I love all foods. So that's a really, really, really tough question. Um, if I were to pick like one food to have for the rest of my life, it would probably be pasta Ooh. in all of its forms. And I know it's bad to say as a nutritionist, but pasta is life. I said it. <laughs> Question six. What is your happy place? One specific corner of my couch with a book and a tea. Okay. Question seven. If you could hop in the time machine and give young Gabby a piece of advice, what would it be? Don't overthink it. Everything has a way of solving itself. Question eight. If you could have lunch or dinner with any person, past or present, who would it be? Jim Carrey. 100%. 100% Jim Carrey. <laughs> Question nine. If you could be a fly on the wall, Gabby, and listen into any conversation, what conversation are you listening into? That's a really hard one. Um, I really don't know. I really, really don't know. There's so many to pick from. I'm going to say because in Canada, probably be on the fly, fly in the wall in Justin Trudeau's office to see what the frig he's thinking. <laughs> question 10. This is our pass or play question. And here are the rules. If you pass, our roles are reversed and you get to ask me a question. If you choose to play, I ask one last question to wrap up. Rapid fire. So do you want to pass or play? Let's play. Okie dokie. If you could go anywhere in the world and money was no option, and here's the kicker, you just found out that they're not flying back to Canada for some time because the pilots have now went on strike. Where are you headed? Probably either Bora Bora or Seychelles. Ooh, yes. Okay, so Seychelles has came up a lot because I've been binge watching this show on Netflix. It's called Final Table, where, okay. they, where they're going around the world and they have to cook different dishes from each part. So when I left off, we were on the U.S. and it was still playing because my mom is here. So she was watching it with me. And I've literally got my mom and my husband on this show, too, because it's so good. <laughs> yeah I think I've actually watched a few episodes of it it is interesting I like anything that has to do with like cooking and stuff so yeah amazing and they talked about Seychelles and I was like oh that place looks so beautiful right? and then Turks and Caicos so those are on my list of places to visit so thank you for yeah. bringing that into reminders <laughs> <laughs> anytime <laughs> And thanks for playing Rapid Fire with Genesis. So let's segue into your sauce, your expertise. So um, in order to know 
like how you got to where you are. You mentioned in your bio that you suffered with um, hormonal imbalances and just not really finding the support from different physicians, which led you down the holistic route. And there are so many women who are in the same shoes as you. And they're just so tired of Western medicine. Like they're trying, trying, trying. And for someone who is trying to conceive and they can't conceive, um, I think that's when introducing holistic remedies and natural modalities is key because Western medicine is not the final answer. And if we get back to primitive days and living, then our body is so powerful, it could actually heal ourselves. So walk us through what it was like to begin your holistic journey and um, what are some of the things that you practice to really help with that hormonal imbalance? Yeah, so I mean, it it was a journey and a half, and I'm still on it, you know, it's definitely significantly better than it was. Um, But when it comes to natural alternatives, and, you know, natural modalities, it's not like a one pill with will fix it all. It usually takes as long to fix something naturally as it took for you to get there in the first place. So in some instances, it can unfortunately take years. Um, For me, it was really when I was in my early 20s and my, like, I was on the pill. I I was, I started the pill when I was um, 19 because my, my period was all over the place. I would skip months at a time. I was literally you know, at the pharmacy every other month buying a pregnancy test because I was like, what's happening to me? Um, And then I went on the pill when I was 19. And um, then I started getting all of these side effects from the pill. So like the water retention and the migraines and um, low sex drive, like anything that you can think of, I had it. I would also get a ton of spotting in between periods, which was a huge pain. And I had to switch pill a whole bunch of time. And the thing is, is that my doctor at the time, who was a quote unquote women's health specialist, never tested my hormones, ever, not once. She just did like a run of the mill blood test just to check my iron levels and calcium levels and, you know, just the usual stuff, but never once for hormones. Um, And I started to get so sick of it I was getting these symptoms I was like there's gotta be something better like why is it that my body can't just be balanced and do its thing without a synthetic pill that I have to take every single month so that's when I really I always had an interest for nutrition and I was always doing research on my own but that's when I started taking a deep dive I was like you know what like I'm gonna go to school for this I'm going to learn everything I can about it. And once I'm educated, I'm going to help everybody deal with their things too. Um, So I almost went to university for dietetics and I got accepted. I was all set to go to university and I decided against it at the last minute because, and not to knock any dietitians, they're super smart ladies, they're amazing people. But for me, dietetics is so close to medicine in the sense that it only looks at one aspect of health, right? Which is your nutrition, your caloric intake, your macronutrient intake and so on. And I discovered holistic nutrition, which looks at the whole person, right? So it looks at what you're eating. It looks at what you're thinking. It looks at what you're doing. It looks at 
like the whole picture and aims to address the root cause of your symptoms, not to slap a bandaid on your symptoms and call it a day. Um, so I went to school for holistic nutrition, uh, did it in two years. And right out of school, I didn't start my practice right away. I worked in the natural health industry um, for different supplement companies. And um, I worked at health food stores and I was helping people that way. Um, but I really decided that, you know, in order to really do what I wanted to do and really help women out there, I had to start my own business and get my name out there and, you know, tell people what I do, basically. Yeah, and I'm so glad that you brought up the point on, you know, the uh, diet dietetics and dietitians because they do look at one component of it but not everything and whenever we're going through something it's so important for us to get down to the granular level and really look at the root cause to see what is the underlying causes what are some of the symptoms because some of the things could be childhood trauma some of it could be eating habits not sleeping it could be environmental factors and etc and then the approach that you're doing is the holistic approach so you're evaluating everything and you're really going to pinpoint those issues so you're not just putting a band-aid on it and just saying okay let's let's move on because if you just put a band-aid and say let's move on what happens when that problem persists again or presents itself in a yeah. more gruesome way so I like the fact that you're doing that and I, I also respect the fact that you mentioned that this may not just happen like that it may be a slow build to get you the help that you need but uh, with the right support, the right supplementations, nutrition, exercise, and et cetera, we can get you there. But it also requires that individual putting in work as well. It is. Yeah, it is work. It, it's, it's not easy. But if you do put in the time, if you do put in the work, any effort, you will get far better results than you would get from just, you know, popping a medication. Um, but yeah, it, it is hard. And I, I really recommend all of my clients for embarking on their health journey because they these women are amazing like they put in so much work the one thing that was shocking though when you were sharing um your background story was the fact that this woman physician did not even test the your hormones so I wonder how many women are out there who have never gone through a hormonal um testing to see okay is your are your hormone levels in balance or are they out of balance? And is that something that we need to educate more physicians to do so women can have a more holistic screening if they choose or um, whenever they switch from like the traditional physician to like maybe a naturopathic or homeopathic um, doctor or practice, what, what's the difference between testing when they come to your practice, Gabby? Yeah, so I don't conduct any testing in my practice. I'm not qualified to do so, but I do work with naturopathic doctor um, as a team because naturopaths don't like to do the nutritional aspect of things, but they can do my testing for me. Um, so when it comes to naturopaths, the gold standard as far as hormonal testing is called the Dutch test. Um, that's a dry urine test where they will basically look at um, your complete hormone panel. And I, I'm not going to get super, super deep into it because that specific test is not my area of expertise. Um, but essentially they'll look at 
all of your sex hormones. They'll look at your stress hormones. They'll look, depending on the test, they may look at some more hormones like your thyroid, for example. Um, but they also look how they are being processed in the body. So they'll look at where in your liver that hormone is being um, processed and eliminated because that does make a difference as far as hormonal imbalances. So they, they take a really deep dive into it. Whereas with um, a typical blood test that you would get um, with a doctor, they will look at some thyroid numbers. Usually they'll look at um, thyroid stimulating hormones and I believe they'll only look at T4, but it's really important for them to look at T3 and reverse T3 as well. And most doctors won't do that. Um, when they look at estrogen, they're not really going to look at which type of estrogen specifically and how it's getting eliminated and if it's getting eliminated properly. Um, and they don't test progesterone through your, through your blood because you can't do that. And like the most efficient way for it is a saliva test and most doctors won't do it either. In Canada anyways, because our healthcare system is free, they tend to be really reluctant to give away tests, right? So it's uh, it might be a little bit different in the States. Um, but what I came up with, and is it okay if I plug something in here? Yeah, you can. So I actually have um, a hormone quiz that I give away as a freebie. And it's basically just a list of a variety of symptoms that you can check off. And it can give you sort of a, a general idea of where your hormonal imbalances may be. Um, and along with that hormone quiz, I provide a testing guide. So it's basically a tool that you can bring to your doctor's office and say, I want these specific tests, give them to me. So it's a way to educate women and empower women and, you know, have them be able to be specific about what they want. Because a lot of people will go to the doctor and just trust that their doctor knows best. Mm. And that's really cool that you're doing that quiz and you're giving away, giving that away, because I think it's a lot of value being added there, because then it gives the woman who's going to the doctor, like you said, that empowerment, but then they're also advocating for their um, care and the level of care that they want to have. So thank you so much. And I know that you sent me that. So I'll definitely have it in the show notes as well. So let's talk about, um, do you want to hit on PCOS next or PMS? Because they're, they're both different, but um, PCOS, I know a little bit about it, but it's polycystic ovarian syndrome, right? That's right. Yep. And I know that some women who have PCOS, the symptoms can show up in various ways and that could prevent a woman from conceiving. And then they could also be presented with that irregular period. Some people have irregular periods or they have heavier flows or et cetera. But since you have more knowledge and experience, do you want to hit on PCOS briefly? And then we could dive into PMS. Yeah, so I mean, with PCOS, just to, to keep it brief, the list of symptoms is the length of my arm, right? Like you said, it can, it can present itself in so many different ways and so many women can experience different symptoms. Um, the three main criteria uh, when it comes to being diagnosed with PCOS are um, missing periods. So if your cycle is longer than 35 days, um, that's one criteria. 
Second is determined through a blood test if you have high levels of androgen, and those are male sex hormones like testosterone. Um, and side note on that, this is basically what would be causing excessive hair growth and um, male pattern baldness in women who have PCOS, uh, which is a very common symptom, as well as acne, because acne is usually testosterone driven. Um, and then the third criteria is done through an ultrasound. So the doctor will take a look at your ovaries and see if you have cysts on them. The kicker here, though, is that you have to have, I believe it's a minimum of 12 cysts on an ovary to be diagnosed with PCOS. Women who don't have PCOS can still have cysts on their ovaries. Um, and so you have to have a minimum of 12. If you meet two of the three criteria, whether it's the cyst and the missing period or whether it's the high level androg of androgens and the cyst, you will likely receive a PCOS diagnosis. Um, the other main thing when it comes to PCOS is that most women who deal with that condition have blood sugar imbalances and more often than not insulin resistance. Um, so one of the big way that I help address PCOS with my clients is first and foremost to balance the blood sugar. So I put them on a meal plan that is very low on the glycemic index. Um, glycemic index for people who don't know here is basically how a certain food is going to affect your blood sugar, right? There's some foods that are going to spike your blood sugar. And as a result, your body will release more insulin. And there's some foods that will very slightly spike it. So less insulin is produced, right? Um, when it comes to blood sugar, if you're constantly spiking it, you tend to crash and then you crave more sugar and then you go back up and it's like a roller coaster. And the more you spike your blood sugar, the more insulin you'll release and the higher your chances of becoming insulin resistant are. Now, I could get into this at length, but we'll keep it short and concise for PCOS. Um, it is a huge cause of infertility um, because an egg is essentially not being released when you have PCOS. And this is what is causing the quote unquote cysts. Um, they're, they're basically not your regular type of cysts. They're basically just unreleased eggs, right? Like it's basically just follicles that formed on your ovaries and they just never release an egg. And that's what forms the cyst. So that's what's causing the, um, the fertility issues there. Um, yeah, that's about everything I want to say about that. Do you have any follow-up questions about PCOS or? So it is very interesting with um, PCOS because I recently learned about this last year um, via another guest that I had on the show. And it was interesting that sometimes whenever you're going to your OBGYN and your female doctor, they don't always test for PCOS until unless something were to look alarming. But I wish there was information where we could give like a woman like kind of like a quick handbook like okay this is what you take to your OBGYN these are some of the questions you ask just so you could get ahead of the curve and use those proactive and preventative measures before you're like later on down the line and you find out that you have something that could have very well been mitigated with the proper testing or a or just 
opening the dialogue to have a transparent conversation because here in the states depending on insurance sometimes insurance doesn't always cover certain things so you know the physicians they want to get paid so they're not always going to go the extra mile to do the testing because they know the insurance will not cover it and the the thing with the healthcare system and i think it's probably the same in, in canada and the u.s is that they are not in the business of preventing illness they're in the business of curing illnesses otherwise they wouldn't have a business um so i have a funny side story actually i was talking to a woman yesterday and um she was probably in her mid-40s i would say and she was telling me about how she just randomly broke her ankle she just rolled her ankle and it just randomly broke right uh, and she went to the doctor and the doctor didn't even want to do an x-ray. She was like, oh, it's not broken. It's fine. You're fine. Whatever. Uh, and then she ended up talking to her sister, who's a nurse. Her sister said, no, it's broken. Go back to the doctor, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward. The lady said to a doctor, she said, my ankle shouldn't be breaking this easily. Like I, I didn't do anything to it and it just broke. Can you give me a bone density scan? Can you test me for osteoporosis? Because I'm concerned about that. And the doctor said, no, you're fine. You're fine. There's nothing wrong with you, right? And she was like, no, like I want that test. She actually got into a screaming match with the doctor. The doctor ended up testing her and turns out that she had osteopenia, which is what you get before you get osteoporosis. The doctor said to her, I won't do anything until you have osteoporosis. Wow. So then I wonder if we could just categorize that as negligence because I'm coming to you, you're supposed to be my physician, and we're supposed to work it out as a partnership. And I am a big advocate since having lost my dad to medical negligence, that if you and that doctor do not see eye to eye, then it is time for you to check out and find another physician that does listen to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And, you know, I and I apologize for the dog barking, someone's at the door. Um, I personally haven't really found a physician that was completely willing to listen. And, and you know, at, at the end of the day, it's not entirely their fault because they are stretched so thin um, as far as what their resources are. Um, you know, in Canada with the free healthcare system, there's so little doctors for so many patients that they just can't spend the time really looking deeply into the symptoms. Um, I've had doctors literally speak to me for maybe 10 minutes before. And when I was going through all of my hormonal issues and like really bad PMS and just other types of problem, after speaking with me for 10 minutes, they wanted to put me back on the pill and Prozac after speaking with me for 10 minutes without offering me any other alternatives. Wow. And that's, and that's a shame to hear that because so many doctors are so quick to push pharmaceutical drugs versus like really just understanding is there an alternative route. So that's why I really commend um, what what you're doing in the space. And now let's kind of highlight P, um, PMS and PMDD. I have no idea what PMDD is. So you'll have to help me out with that acronym and just um I know PMS is like the premenstrual symptoms or is it premenopause symptoms or what's the actual definition of the PMS yeah so PMS is 
premenstrual syndrome. Oh, syndrome. Okay. Um, yeah, premenstrual syndrome. And I'd like to say, okay, so PMS is very common. But I would like to say that when something is common, it does not mean that it's normal. Okay, I'm going to say that again. When something is common, it doesn't mean that it's normal. When it comes to PMS, the majority of women will experience some symptoms a couple of days uh, leading to their period. So it's usually a um, little bit more anxious, food cravings, water retention, a little bit more tired, uh, a little bit more depressed, a little bit more moody. Um, so those are the typical symptoms that you would get. And after a couple of days, once you start menstruating, it tends to go away. With PMDD, picture PMS on steroids, okay? PMDD is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. So picture PMS, but make the symptoms about 100 times worse, and it starts two weeks before your period. So for half of the month, every single month, you feel like a human dumpster fire. And there's no scientific way to say it. It's, it's a dumpster fire. I've been through it. And for any woman out there who is experiencing PMDD, I'm so sorry. I know how incredibly tough it is. Um, and, you know, there's not a lot of research done about it. The theory is that it's basically just um, an abnormal reactions to hormonal fluctuation that happens in the second phase of your cycle so your luteal phase before you get your period um, and really the only solutions that doctors have is to put women on Prozac wow you can't believe yeah. I can't believe that is the only solution that physicians have with modern technology natural modalities and so many things is Prozac that cannot be oh. and all be all. That's not the worst of it though. Another solution that some doctors will actually provide is a full hysterectomy if you don't intend on having children or if you're done having your children. So if something's broken, just remove it apparently. Wow. Yeah. It, it just, it makes my blood boil and I, talking about it, I almost get tears in my eyes because the amount of women out there that have had to go through this, just, oh, it, it just, it just makes me really sad. Um, there are some um, medical practitioners out there that will try cognitive behavioral therapy before they go the pharmaceutical route, which I commend. I think that it's great that some are at least willing to explore other options. Um, but for me, what really, really worked for PMDD is a combination of um, certain supplements, um, changing some of my eating habits, so really balancing my blood sugar and making sure I was getting plenty of sleep and plenty of self-care, especially during that luteal phase. So that's, it's a combination of things. Um, the best supplement out there that I found is uh, saffron. So it's saffron extract, it's essentially the natural alternative to Prozac. And it just makes you feel very positive. 
Now, when I'm mentioning supplements, I just want everybody to, I just want everybody to make sure that you talk to your pharmacist if you're on any medication or if you have any medical condition before you start on any supplements, because it's not one size fits all for this. Um, but for me, that's, that's what really, really worked well. Amazing. And thank you so much, Gabby, for just sharing your plethora of knowledge. And I know we can't go into more because we've reached um, our time commitment and we're about to wind down. But I definitely would like to extend an invitation to have you back for a part two. So um, let's jump into the call to action. What is your call to action for the audience today regarding PMS, PMDD, or hormonal imbalances, or just really listening to your body and doing your due diligence? Yeah, so ladies or anybody who's listening, really, um, you're not alone. There are solutions, and I want to help you. I can help you. Feel free to reach out to me, even if it's just for chat. I'm here to listen. Um, and I have seen women getting results. I have seen women start feeling better. Um, you're not stuck with this for life. Amazing. And how can they reach out to you via your website? And where do you primarily hang out on social media? Yeah, I'm primarily, I have a website, but I'm primarily on Instagram. So it's holistic.philosophy. Um, you can follow me on there. You can send me DMs. I will answer you, I promise. Um, and I always post a ton of content on anything holistic health related, women's health and hormone health. Thank you so much, Gabby. And audience, all of um, Gabby's contact information will be in the show notes along with that free quiz that she mentioned early on. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms. You could also see the video to this recording on our YouTube channel by going to at gems, G-E-M-S with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And lastly, but not least, I want to thank each one of you for continuing to support the guests that I bring on, as well as the mission, which is to bring content that is educational, inspirational, and motivational, while also connecting the dots for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And because of you, we're now ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per www.listennotes.com. So if you want to be a brand sponsor, we welcome you into the community. Spaces are limited, but you can find more info by going to genesisamarskemp.net and clicking on the podcast tab. Until the next segment, next episode, or next guest, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day and take time to listen to your body. Find a physician that listens to you. Don't be afraid to tap into natural remedies and modalities. And remember, your body is your temple. You only have one. So take care of it, just like you take care of your cars, your plants, and other things you love. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share and subscribe to gems podcast on your audio platform as well as our youtube channel gems with genesis mars kemp we would love for you to be a sponsor so please reach out via email at gems 
G-E-M-S with W-I-T-H Genesis G-E-N-E-S-I-S Amaris A-M-A-R-I-S Kemp K-E-M-P at gmail.com where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.